Are you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. So I'm one of those people who every morning wakes up and I have this plethora of emails sitting in my inbox. It's something I've tried to take care of over the years. I find myself constantly purging. I think there's a movie about that or something, but it doesn't matter what I do. They find their way into my inbox and most of them are useless. I, I don't know how I get on the list. I don't know why they show up in my inbox, but they're not of value to me. And there are some though that I, I have chosen over the years to subscribe to. Uh, great sources of information. But again, there's very, 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 very few of them. And I'm not really sure what it was that got me there. But one of those special newsletters that I chose to subscribe to, I've chosen not to unsubscribe to, I read daily. In fact, so much so that I have signed up with two different email addresses to make sure that I get it in one of my two inboxes and not waste my time. It's The Peak. And with me today is one of the co-founders and editors of The Peak, Brett Chang. Brett, welcome to the podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Corby. And what an introduction. Holy smokes. So now, Brett, let's, let's talk a little bit about you first, because you've got this interesting background, political science, you've worked in government, you've worked in startups. Heck, you spent a few years at Uber. How does someone with that background wind up in a business and tech-focused content business, a newsletter business? Have you always been a bit of a pocket journalist? Well, it's a great question, Corby, and the answer is no. Uh, you know, I, I think what ended up happening is my career has taken a bunch of different random turns, and as I've kind of gone through them, I've learned different things and seen different opportunities, and really, this is more of just an opportunity that we saw in that we just didn't see anybody in Canada creating content that we wanted to consume that actually made business news enjoyable to read. And so when we looked down south at what companies like Morning Brew and The Hustle and The Skim were doing, we thought that there should be a comparable Canadian product, and we thought that we might be in a position to write that because we were just really curious about the world. We had some knowledge of business. And so we just put pen to paper and, and started putting it together and it, and it ended up working. So it's funny you mentioned the hustle. That's pretty much my other go-to. And I will, just to throw a little friendly gamification in on you, I've achieved enough referrals that I've gotten the socks, the bag, the sticker, the hat. I'm working on the MacBook. That's going to be a big one. But anyway, referral programs do work. I'm just throwing that out there in case you want to do something on that side. Awesome. Yeah. Now we've got our own referral program, but we definitely need to build it out a bit more to, to match the hustles. So let's talk a little bit about your newsletter, The Peak. So in just looking at what I can find, and, and you'll dive in a bit, over 40,000 subscribers, that's a great number. But what really got me interested was the fact that you have a 50% a open rate. Now, a lot of my listeners are in digital marketing, email marketing, uh, EDM space. 50% is like, off the charts. I, I can't remember an email unless it had free beer, free cash in the headline that would ever get something like that. And then a 99% retention rate, which A, shows me you're doing the research to understand who your readers are and what they're consuming. But that's just amazing. It also says you're creating the right content. So give us a little bit more about the business, the stats, and why it's so successful. Yeah, well, I think one thing we do, and this is the most important thing, is that we put together a product that people 
really love. And we're always working to improve it and make it stickier and make it something that people want to read in the morning and build into their routine. And so, you know, we always add features in like our open house feature where we profile different real estate in the country or our our trivia quiz at the end of the week. So that kind of makes the product something that people actually want to open up in the morning. But most importantly, we take the news and we make it digestible and fun and easy to understand. And I think that's really missing in the Canadian media landscape. And that's the void that we wanted to fill. And it just really has worked. Now, in terms of how we get the open rate so high, what we really take pride in is that we only want people reading the email who want to read the email. You know, if you aren't reading the email, if it just hits your inbox every day, but you're not opening it up, we don't really want you on our list. It hurts our deliverability. It's not doing you any good. And so we have a whole cycle where we send those readers an email saying, hey, this is just one last warning. If you don't want this, no problem. We're going to take you off the list. If you do want it, click here and we'll make sure we keep you on. But cleaning our list has just been a great approach for us and has allowed us to keep those open rates so high and, and the quality of our readers so high. So there's a lot of talk of the use of AI and ML in the testing of digital experiences. Is there anything you guys are doing or plan to do around that testing strategy, really trying to understand who your readers are, what they're looking for, and what's working? Or are you still in a much more, you know, manual, traditional, shove it out there, see what happens, and then, you know, uh, adjust? Yeah, I think we're much more in the traditional kind of quantitative and qualitative approaches where, you know, we're surveying our readers, asking what they want to see more of, what they want to see less of. We're looking at the numbers on the email itself, how many people are clicking, which links, what stories seem to be getting more attention. Can we include more of that content into the email? Might there be opportunity for new products around content that our readers really like? And that's been working really well for us to date. I think once you get to a certain scale, though, you do have the opportunity and the luxury to be able to run certain experiments that will let you determine uh, on a more granular basis what works and what doesn't. I don't think we're there yet, but we, we hope to get there someday. So on that notion of new products, you're not all about the written text anymore. In fact, you've branched out and you've got, per the quality of the microphone you're using, you're in the podcast business too. Great move. Obviously, we're on one here. So tell us a little bit about that avenue as well and what's going on with the podcast. Yeah, you know, we've experimented with podcasts a lot over the year of the peak. We started out with something called the Peak Weekly, which was an in-depth interview series with Canadian business leaders. The challenge that we ran into is that there's a lot of podcasts like that. Uh, there's a lot of longer form, you know, 40, 50 minute deep dive interviews with business people. And so we couldn't really stand out. What we kind of came back to the table with was we looked at the daily news category. And what we saw in Canada was that there was really only one type of daily news podcast. And it was all kind of a clone of the New York Times, the daily. And you can see that in Decibel and Front Burner and This Matters. And those are great podcasts. I don't mean to knock them. I think they do really great work. But it's just a different format than what we were going after. And so we started the Peak Daily and we tried to make it one short. And so we do it in less than seven minutes. Two, we wanted to make it fun. So we have a, a back and forth with myself and my co-host Jay Rosenthal. And three, we take the same stories that we know work in the peak that people like to read in the morning. And we just make an audio version of them where we talk about them and, and provide people with takeaways that they need to know to, to get on with their day. It's funny that you said the seven minutes. It was exactly seven minutes and 11 seconds of this recording when you mentioned that. So irony at its best. Um, so I have listened. I, I do like. I also, to your point, do enjoy some of those Canadian versions of the daily. And they do help me out with the longer bike rides or jogs that I'm doing in the morning. But I, I do say the the smaller format for the quick hit is is quite compelling. And so on that, that kind of screams 
you're spending a lot of time really trying to understand your reader slash listener. Who are they? What is the audience that you've attracted? Uh, is there a widespread across the Canadian landscape? Yeah, we've kind of created a profile for them, which we call the modern Canadian business leaders. So these are urban young professionals between the ages of 25 to 35. They work at big companies like TELUS and Shopify and Uber and Deloitte. They work in a range of different disciplines from marketing to finance to operations, and they're fairly senior at their roles. We also know that they're pretty affluent based on the surveys that we've done. A majority of them earn over six figures. You know, 15% of them earn over $250,000 a year. And so we've got a pretty good profile of who they are. And we work backwards from that when preparing content. We're thinking, what do they want to know about what will help them through their day? What's that talking point that they want to have when they're grabbing lunch with a colleague? That's kind of how we design all of our products. And I think it's worked really well so far. And uh, and yeah, we're, we still think we have a lot of room to grow in that category. So when you think back at the legacy so far, what are those content nuggets, those buckets, those things that are really resonating? And what are the things that you're seeing yourself move into more, maybe adding in in the future? Yeah, it's a great question. I think on the legacy side, one thing that we came up with pretty early on was the vaccine tracker. And so every day we would put in the top line numbers of how Canada was performing with the vaccine and any related stories to it. And I think you know, we kind of forget this now, but early on in the vaccine rollout, there was a lot of questions about how it was going to work, how quickly we were going to get them, which categories were eligible and which provinces. And so I think we did a really good job at covering that and make sure everybody was aware of what was going on. And that was some of our most popular content throughout the year. So it's something we're really proud of. And I think it was a great use case for the daily email format. We tried to replicate that for the election, where we would take different headlines and, and we would cover it in a similar fashion. And I think that's probably the best use case for the daily newsletter. Longer term, where we see this going is we've seen that there's a certain type of content that our readers love, whether it be investing content or whether it be advice on leadership and careers. And we want to go more into that on the original side. And so I think we do news really, really well, and we'll continue to news really, really well. But I think we can break off into different verticals and focus more on certain topics that we've seen our readers care a lot about and go a bit more in depth on those. So every business like yours has to start somewhere. And that's a combination of understanding what to write, how to distribute, but just as important, where to find those people. Any tips or strategies for any of my listeners around building the list? You know, what really works in terms of finding those, you know, for you, that modern Canadian business leader, for them, whoever their target audience is? Well, growth for a product like this is not linear. It's very much like a puzzle where you find one piece that works and that gets you to the next level. And then you might have a month or two where you can't really figure out what that next piece is. And you might try a bunch of things. None of them will really convert at scale until you find that next piece. Then you get another you know, thousand readers. And so it very much is peaks and valleys in terms of growth. What I would recommend, a couple of things I'd recommend in terms of what worked for us. One, uh, we got a lot of early success from LinkedIn. And when I say we got early success from LinkedIn, it wasn't advertising on LinkedIn. It was truly me and my co-founders going through our network and asking our friends and family to share it on LinkedIn. Because there's just not a lot of content on LinkedIn, you can get a ton of reach on it very quickly. And so that's been really great for us to get that early push. The second thing that we've seen that anyone can do is 
really compelling content that people that encourages people to share has been particularly effective. So we did this emerging leaders list last year where we profiled 40 of the most exciting young business leaders in Canada. And that got a bunch of people sharing that they were on that list. It drove a bunch of traffic to the site. And that traffic then converted to subscribers. And so we got a few thousand uh, emails out of that. Giveaways have worked really well for us. We partner with different newsletters and we do giveaways around, let's say, a MacBook or a Peloton. And we share the subscribers between those newsletters. Of course, everyone obviously opts into all those newsletters, but that's worked really well and just in terms of sharing audiences. And we know from our experience that if you're a subscriber to one newsletter, you're probably interested in the format and you're more likely to stay a active reader of ours if you read someone else's. So those are just three tactics that worked really well for us. I think anybody could deploy. So none of these businesses exist without some sort of revenue. And obviously being a subscriber, I understand a little bit about the advertising side. But when you think about the best way, the most authentic way to integrate advertiser messaging, you know, grow a revenue base for your business to continue to evolve it. What's unique? What's different? Uh, what do you see moving forward around how you integrate advertisers into your platform? I think we've been so targeted in terms of our audience that that's really what set us apart from other publishers in that you can go to the globe and you can get such a broad swath of people. But what we do is that we've got a high concentration of these modern business leaders that a number of different brands want to get in front of and brands that traditionally have had trouble advertising in other outlets and are also struggling in, in their traditional online outlets right now simply because of changes to iOS, which have made it tough to track on Facebook, who's clicking on your links and signing up and converting. And so all of those ad dollars are moving to other channels and, and we're just one that seems to work well for them. And so these are companies like B2B SaaS companies that are software focused going after other founders or senior business leaders. These are investing platforms that are looking for affluent young people who want to engage with their new product. So that's worked really well. And the second thing is that when we work with a partner, we don't simply take a banner ad and we plug it into the email. We take their messaging and we write the copy in the same tone and the format as the rest of the email. So that does two things for us. One, it doesn't distract from the experience. I think it actually makes the product better. And two, it actually makes the advertisements more compelling because as a reader scrolls through it, they kind of pick that up as just organic content rather than sponsored. Of course, it's labeled as sponsored, but we just find that because the content is so similar to the rest of the newsletter, it just resonates better with our readers. And, and that's really what we know. So Canada, good market, somewhat capped in terms of size and growth. Is there expansion in the future for the platform? Do you go outside of the Canadian borders? I, the Canadian market has been great for us and will continue to be great for us. You know, we're at 43,000 subscribers now, and I think we have plenty of room to grow in that. Uh, and by the way, at the same time, I think there's a bunch of other business verticals that we can break off into. So we've got the podcast now. We're starting to do events. We've got our Bet on Canada event coming up in November. We're going to do more of those. Our Emerging Leaders List is another sponsorship opportunity that we're really excited about. So we think there's a bunch of more work we can do in Canada itself. But I think you're right that we've kind of developed a view on the world and how we report the news. And that's applicable to other verticals that are uh, that can go beyond just Canada. And so that's kind of what we're looking into now. So what are the up-and-coming trends that people want to know about, that they want a format similar to how we write the peak in Canada with a tone similar to our Canadian product, but take that at more of a global scale. So give us a little, maybe a little hint, next hot verticals that you might consider going after. What's really resonating? Where do you see another 43,000 people that maybe don't fit the current demo? 
Well, you know, I think the products like the Harvard Business Review, which are focused a lot on career development and leadership, I don't think there's something that's in a format that resonates with this 25 to 35-year-old demographic. I don't really know anybody who reads the Harvard Business Review anymore, but there's obviously a lot of great content and advice in there. And so that's that's one. You know, cryptocurrencies, obviously not going away. I think people thought it was going to go away in 2017 and didn't go away. And it's you know, 2021 now, and people still think it's going to go away, but I just don't think it will. That's something that I think is a complicated topic, tough to follow if you're an investor or if you're an enthusiast or want to participate in some way. And so again, that I think could also use a simplification and something that's fun and entertaining to read that doesn't feel like it's a, an industry publication, but it's written for a normal person. I used to read my boss's boss's maybe one more boss's edition of the Harvard Business Review, and then eventually the PDFs would just start floating around. But it's, to your point, incredibly long-form, detailed. And while there's some really good stuff in there, it's hard to extract. And I think that's what I see in your platform is you simplify my day, to your point earlier, about just extracting those talking points that I need to care about. And I think that's where I see your secret sauce. So I'm excited to see what you can do with that on other formats. So one more question for you, and it's something I've always always wondered about since I signed up. Where does the name come from? What is the peak supposed to represent? You know, like any other name, I think it's kind of an arbitrary process that kind of leads you to the destination. No, it's got to be better than that. <laughs> I can tell you the thinking behind it is that, you know, one, we really wanted it to be distinctly Canadian. That was kind of core to the product and was going to be our main differentiator. And so when we thought of the peak, we thought of mountains, obviously, uh, the Rockies of the West. And so we thought, well, that was good and that it's kind of relatively Canadian. The logo could be you know, Canadian mountain themed. And then we also thought, well, we're talking about business and finance and being at the peak of the market is probably something, a place that you want to be at. And so we combined the two and that's how we got the peak. And it just kind of, it sounded good. It was quick to say. And if we did some quick searches, we found that there was a, a bit of a white space there when, when you looked at the peak Canada. So that's where it came from. All right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll accept it. And I think everyone out in Calgary and Vancouver is going, yes, we had representation in the mix. So yeah, finally, <laughs> it makes sense. Well, listen, you know, Brett, the uh, co-founder and editor of The Peak, one of my two, as I've self-declared, daily newsletters that I must consume, so much so that I get it to my personal and my work email. Uh, so I apologize for messing up your metrics on that one. Thank you very much for being with me. Uh, I look forward to continue, uh, continue my reading, and I will have the link to make sure everybody uh, knows how to subscribe through my referral code in my podcast write-up. So again, thanks a lot, Brett. I appreciate you with me today. Thanks, Corby. Take care. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening. <laughs>